that out. We are going to spend a little time in prayer right now, but I wanted you to read this from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. This is question 98, and it says, what is prayer? Says, prayer is an offering up of our desires to God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercy. So let's do that right now. Lord, we do humbly come before your throne of grace. And I was just thinking about coming up here this morning and thinking about all the ways that I fall short, all the things that I need to confess to you, all the thoughts and all the ways that I don't honor you and I desperately need you, Lord. We all need you especially in these trying times where we're doing all things differently and uh, things have been stripped away that we normally count on. And so I pray, God, that you would meet us where we're at. In John chapter 14, it says, Peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or be fearful. Thank you for those words, Jesus. And right now we lift up all those that are sick and their families. We lift up all the healthcare workers that you would protect them as they're on the front lines. Pray for all those that are vulnerable from this uh, virus that you would protect them. Pray for those that are unemployed or have been furloughed from their jobs. God, provide for them, please. Pray for all of our leaders as they're making decisions on how to open our country back up and how to do it the right way. So God, give them wisdom. And Lord, I pray for all the teachers and the students and the family members just hearing uh, just recently about how they're going to be doing the rest of the school year online virtually. So, Lord, help them. Help them all. Help the people that are doing all the tech. Help them to get all the things that they need done. And, Lord, we pray for all of the churches during this time. I pray this would be a great time for the church to shine in darkness. And thank you for the revival that's already taking place. We are so grateful and thankful for it. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to be jumping back into Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12, talking about blessed to be a blessing. And we're so grateful to be able to jump into, back into God's word. And at Good News, we make disciples together. And what we believe a disciple is, is someone who follows Jesus, who loves Jesus, that loves one another, and loves the lost. And I just want to take a few minutes and talk about that right now, what that means in the world that we live in now loving Jesus. We get to do that together. And I know we can't gather together in a building, but that's why we're online and that's why we're interacting and that's why we're having Zoom calls and that's why we're encouraging one another. And I want to encourage you to reach out to someone if you haven't already or call someone that you maybe normally don't call. Shoot a text message to encourage them to follow Jesus, to love Jesus, even if it's just to pray for them or to share uh, God's word with them. We're in this together and we need to love Jesus together. And we certainly can love Jesus on our own, but it's a lot easier to do that together. And then it talks about loving one another. I think this is really, really important as we're living in this time. I think especially if you're a single person, I think it's vital that you reach out to others. Don't be alone. Know that there are others there for you. Reach out to someone in your small group, someone in the church. Don't wait for someone to reach out to you. You go ahead and take the step and reach out to someone. If you have kids in your home, I think this is an amazing time to do one anothering with your children. One of my heroes in the faith, Vodi Bakum, said, this is not house arrest, that this is family revival. And I believe that, that we have time with our families where we can pastor our own homes. 
that yes, the church wants to give you resources, and yes, we want to help you, but we believe, according to scripture, that it's your responsibility as, as the household to to help your family be discipled. You see in Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6 that you need to invest into your family. You need to lead your family. And so I encourage you to do that. We have resources to do that. You can use the study that you can find online at goodnewsloves.com. You can pray through the Psalms. Uh, that's just really easy to do. There's 150 Psalms. And what you do, this is a really cool way to pray through them, is whatever day of the month it is, like today is the 19th, you can add 30, so 19, 49, 79, 109, and so on, and you just choose one of those five psalms for whatever day of the month it is, and you just pray that over your family. You can do that. You can just open God's word and, and pray. You can dig into the catechism. I just read uh, Psalm, I mean, not Psalm, the question 98 from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. You can find that online and just read one of the questions, read one of the answers, and the scripture proofs. What a time to invest in your family. And it doesn't have to be perfect. If you saw our devotional time at the Herco household, you would see it's not perfect. There's kids running around. There's noises happening. There's sometimes dishes breaking. There's people throwing food at each other. It's not perfect, okay? It doesn't have to be perfect. But spend time discipling your family. We have that one another time that we typically don't have. Don't waste it. God's given us that time. And then the love the lost. You guys have done this so well as a church and continue to do this. Share the message. The, the button's right there. You can do it right now. It takes two seconds. Share the encouragements at eight. Share the different things that the church are putting out so that we can get the message out further, the message of Jesus Christ. That's who we want people to be pointed to. The point for this morning is that we're blessed and a blessing. Isn't it awesome to think about blessings during this time? And I want to review a little bit about where we've been in, in Genesis. We've been, uh, we've gone through 12 chapters now. So we've looked at creation. We looked at work and rest. And we look at the fall and how Enoch walked with God and how Noah walked with God and the flood and the Tower of Babel. And so we're about to jump into Genesis 12. But I thought since we're in Genesis, I have a few uh, jokes for you from Genesis because... Who doesn't like some jokes, right? So the first one is, uh, what animal could Noah not trust? A cheetah, of course. Oh, you like that one. Okay, okay, okay. How about this one? Just one more, just one more. What did Adam say on the day before Christmas? It's Christmas, Eve. Okay, enough of those, enough of those. We're jumping into Genesis 12 now. And after the flood, the whole world had began with Noah and his sons, and they started sharing the, the knowledge of the true God, but very quickly, because we're all sinful people, and we see that very clearly in Scripture, very quickly, people became sinners again, and they came up with this plan to be like God and to build a tower up to heaven because they were going to be greater than God, and so then God had to disperse all the people all over the place, and guess what? It wasn't much longer after that that everyone went back to their sinful ways because we're sinful people, and we we desperately need a savior. And so God had this plan to prepare a new nation, one which would be responsible for carrying God's revelation to other men and through whom the Redeemer would finally come into the world, King Jesus. And he does this through Abram, as we'll hear here, and his name later becomes 
Abraham. We, at this point in Genesis chapter 12, we know very little about him. We know that he's uh, 75 years old, and he lives with his father in a place called Haran. And then he's called, as you'll see here in Genesis 12, to move away into the land that God has called him to. I mean, this is a pretty amazing thing, and he's a pretty amazing man of faith to leave everything that he had to go and just follow what the Lord had him to do. As you'll see, Abraham, one of his main characteristics is that he is a man of faith, and I'm so glad that he listened to God because he's destined to become the father of the Jewish people and then becomes an important link to the family of Jesus himself. And so the Bible introduces Abram here, and as he's, uh, as you'll see here, he goes on this traveling journey to a place that God has called him to go to, but he doesn't exactly know where he's going. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read the first nine verses, or you can look on the screen. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram laughed as the Lord had told him. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and the possessions and all he accumulated and all the people they had acquired in Haran. And he set out to the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site is the great tree of Moreh in Shechem. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills in the east of Bethel and pitched a tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called out to the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward Negev. Lots of things here to look at, lots of things uh, to, to break down. It's really interesting uh, as you look through this scripture, it's very easy to fall into moralistic thinking or moralistic preaching. That you read through this and you see Abraham was such an amazing man of faith. And I could very easily preach, just be like Abraham. Be like a man of faith. Step out in faith. But this story ultimately isn't about Abram. It's about Jesus. And the whole Bible is about Jesus. And so I don't want you to hear this morning, be like Abram. Have more faith. I don't want you to hear that. It is good to have faith, but the point is, is that we're blessed and we're called to be a blessing. And Jesus invites Abram to join him in seeking and saving the lost. See, Abram needs Jesus just as much as we need Jesus. As we break down this scripture here, we see a couple of verses here that are absolutely key. First, we start with the covenant that God has with Abram. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country and your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. This would have been an unbelievably treacherous thing for him to do. The land, the region that he was being called to, he didn't know the exact place that he was going to. And people would 
usually travel in huge bands of people to protect them uh, from people that might attack. And this would not have been an easy journey. It's not like you can just hop on I-95 and go to the land that God has called you to. No, there, there was, it would have been really tough terrain. There's no McDonald's to stop at. There's no place you can uh, stop. There wouldn't have been a whole lot of water or sources for food along the way. And so this was a huge thing for him to step out and say, I'm going to leave the place that I'm used to, and I'm going to be called to wherever God calls me to, and I'm going to go. I mean, it's an amazing adventure following the Lord, isn't it? Sometimes he calls us to do things that we never thought that we would do, and he does this with Abraham, with Abraham too. And so he calls them, he calls him to go, and then he makes this covenant with him, this agreement, this binding agreement that the party that is more powerful takes the initiative. That's usually what happens in a covenant in, in biblical terms, and God is more powerful, and he takes the initiative here, and he says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses, I will curse you, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, this would have been a really interesting thing for Abram to hear. This is the first time in Scripture where he promises him to be, to be a great nation. Now, that would have been interesting for a 75-year-old to hear. Think, how am I going to become a great nation? How am I going to have descendants? I'm 75 years old. Okay, God, I'm just going to follow whatever you call me to do. I'm just going to follow the promises. Right from the beginning, Abraham believed the promises of God, and even though they seem pretty ridiculous. And it says, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It's really interesting that the greater fulfillment of this promise is actually when God himself would enter through Abram, through the descendants, in the person of Jesus. That's who the story is about, Jesus, is that he's blessing him by becoming a great nation through which the line of our Savior will come. The next few verses here, it says, So Abram laughed as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran, and he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot and all the possessions they accumulated and all the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to the land of Canaan and they arrived there. They brought everything they possibly could with them because they didn't know exactly where they were going. They didn't know exactly what was going to happen. They just knew they were called to be uh, blessed and to be a blessing. And so they just went. And so they traveled through the site to this great tree of Moray and Shechem. And this would have been a very well-known place, this great oak, this great tree, and there something really special happens. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I give you this land. This is what theologians call a theophany, where God actually appeared to someone. He appears to Abram, and we believe this is actually a pre-incarnate Jesus coming and showing himself to Abram. What an amazing thing here uh, to see how Jesus is actually working in Abram's life. And he says, I'll give you this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Final verses. From there he went on to the hills of Bethel and pitched a tent. And from Bethel he went on the west to Ai to the east. And he built an altar to the Lord there and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards Negev. 
This covenant promise with Abraham, this binding promise, this agreement actually has two lines. And it's, it's something that we can learn from in our own lives. It says that I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. I thought during this time it was good, it's good for us to think about our blessings, to think about the ways that we are blessed. And I just put it out there on social media. I just said, can you tell me some ways that you're blessed? And a couple of things that came back are these. I'm blessed because I have a loving family. I get to have more time with my teens and early 20s at home. I get to reconnect with them. I still have an employment. I have a healthy family. I have healthy kids in my family. Someone put my church and my pastor. Thank you for that. Uh, having friends and family always there and supportive in any circumstance. Having a funny and loving husband that keeps me entertained through all this and anything else life throws my way. I love seeing husbands and wives loving each other and complimenting each other publicly. I'm blessed to have a safe and happy home, blessed to be filled with joy. I'm so thankful that I know the end of the story and that God is with me all the way, that Christ gave me a template, that he was crucified and, re and, uh, and reborn so I can die to myself and become anew. Awesome blessings. So many people wrote blessings. It's good to remember our blessings, and we should be, uh, we should be thankful for all the blessings that he has, has given us. And some people... You enjoy the blessings, right? You enjoy the blessings. You have no problem being thankful, but maybe sometimes it's hard for you uh, to realize that, that you can be a blessing to others too, that we're blessed and then we're called to be a blessing. It's both the top line and the bottom line. Certainly, Abram was blessed, wasn't he? I mean, he was shown God himself. God gave him direction on what to do. Through him, the Savior of the world came. And then he also was a blessing to others as the nations of the world came through him. So the action step for this week is to enjoy your blessings and be a blessing. There are so many different ways that we can do that. I mean, it's, it is such a wonderful balance. I mean, it's so easy for us sometimes to enjoy our blessings, but then not be a blessing to others. And then there's other of us that just want to be a blessing. We want to serve. We want to give. But we never actually rest in God. We never actually rest in Jesus. So it's so important to have both. And we can share so many different blessings in our lives. I think one of the ways that we can share our blessings is uh, through the spiritual blessings that we have. Listen to what this says here in, in Ephesians, um, in the first chapter of Ephesians. It says, praise be to God, the Father Jesus, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessings. For he's chosen us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he pre predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance to the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the, the mystery of his will in accordance to his good pleasure, which we proposed in, in Christ and put into effect in the times that have reached their fulfillment. Brings all things in heaven and on earth together under one head even in Christ. I mean, what amazing promises we have there in Christ. And that's why I want you so desperately to know Jesus. The whole story of the Bible is about Jesus. This bless and be a blessing, this covenant with Abraham, this is about Jesus. 
Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It's the most important decision you could ever make. Because on your own, we have to account for our sins. All the things that we've done wrong, all the things that we've gone against the Bible, all the things that we've fallen short, we have to be held accounted of, to those if we don't have Jesus as, as our Lord and Savior. If we do have Jesus, then he took on all of those sins, past, present, and future, died on the cross, rose from the dead. He claimed victory over sin so that we could have eternal life. Have you ever believed in him? It's as simple as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe in him. And C, commit your life to him. Have you done that? If you haven't do, done that, you can do that right now in your living room where you're sitting, right wherever it is, and just tell him that you want him to become your Lord and Savior. And if you have done that, then you can share those spiritual blessings. You can let people know about the joy that you have in Jesus. In these really difficult times that people see that you have joy and they ask about where your joy came from, you can tell them it comes from the Lord. Enjoy your blessing and be a blessing. Enjoy how God has blessed you. So we can give spiritual blessings to others. We also can see how God works in our lives by giving, by giving um, material blessings to others. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 17. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So they may take a hold of the life that is truly life. Maybe during this time, God has blessed you with material blessings, and you can be a blessing to others by sharing some of those material blessings. That God has blessed you so you can be a blessing to others. This was the call of Abram to be blessed and to, to be a blessing. And it's pointing us to Jesus. And because we know Jesus, then we can be blessed and be a blessing. I always think that every time I walk into DeLeo's Deli, I always think, man, it would be so awesome to work here. I mean, they have the best sandwiches on earth. And every time I walk in, even it's getting something to go now like I have to, the smells and the taste of the sandwich, man, I just think, I just want to tell everyone about it. This would be the best to work here. And then I realize, actually, as a Christian, I have the best calling ever. I get to tell people about Jesus. I get to tell people about the promises, even from thousands of years ago in Abram's life, that have come to fruition because of God's faithfulness. If you're a believer in Christ, enjoy the blessings that you have and be a blessing to others because we do have great blessings. And the people around us I think of the over 200,000 people in St. John's County that don't know Jesus. They need a firm foundation. They need hope. They need joy. So remember you're blessed and be a blessing. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much that you have blessed us immensely. That even if we don't have material things, in Christ we have spiritual things. I'm so grateful that 
we get to be joined here online with people from all over the world. And I pray for some people here that are watching that they will realize the only way to, to be blessed and to be a blessing is to know the source of those things. And that source is you, King Jesus. I pray they would put their faith in you. For the rest of us that, that know you and trust in you, help us to remember how great it is to be blessed by you and that we're called to be a blessing. Thank you that you've worked your plan out for thousands of years to bring Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. Help us to remember the joy of his resurrection and his victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.